IBUK Talk, the Insurance Business UK podcast. This episode is presented in partnership with MGB Insurance Brokers. Professional indemnity insurance has become a newsworthy area of coverage. To shed light on this important topic and explore the pitfalls and opportunities of PI, we're joined by two experts from MGB Insurance Brokers, Nick Bender, Joint Managing Director, and Pat Borum, Head of Broker Development. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of IBUK Talk, the insurance industry podcast brought to you by Insurance Business. My name is Mia Wallace, UK Senior News Editor at Insurance Business, and today we're going to be taking a look at the professional indemnity insurance market. It's a market that's been in the news a lot lately for a variety of reasons, and with us today to shed some light on the changes happening in this space are Nick Bender, Joint Managing Director of MGB Insurance Brokers, and Pat Borum, Head of Broker Development at MGB Insurance Brokers. Many thanks to you both for joining me here today. Afternoon. It's my pleasure. Brilliant, thank you. And just to get us a little bit acquainted with you and your your role in the marketplace, I wondered if you would mind telling me a little bit about how you first became involved in the PII space and about the responsibilities of your current role, maybe handing that one over there to you, Nick. Well, um, yeah, that takes me back so far. Um, I started off in this business at Nelson Hurston Marsh, which was... um, a leading um, PI broker at the time. In fact, it probably was one of the original Mohicans in the market back in the 58 building, the Lloyd's 58 building. Um, my role now is, um, as you kind of introduced me, Joint Management Director of MGB. Um, and um, I suppose I do everything, really. Um, you know, I do. I go broking in the market um, virtually at the moment. Uh, but... Uh, many, many decades uh, going out into the market and seeing underwriters on behalf of clients um, and everything that the role really um, entails, uh, including obviously this conversation today. So it's a very broad brush. We don't, we don't have um, levels, uh, tier levels of management that, you know, struggles to get to the clients and struggles to get to the underwriters. So we're very lucky and fortunate and and having a, a pretty flat management role um, within MGB. That's fantastic. And was it a similar journey for yourself, Pat? Uh, yeah, uh, quite similar, actually. Um, I started in insurance in Lloyd's um, in the uh, original building that, uh, well, not quite the original building, but um, uh, same Lloyd's building as Nick. Um, and I moved into PI um, just under 30 years ago. Um, fun enough, with the same broker that Nick joined, a very well-known broker back then, Nelson Hurston Marsh, and I joined just after uh, Nick moved on, actually, at that point, if, if I've got uh, my years correct there. Um, and my role is more client-focused than market-focused. I mean, I, I'm fully aware as to what's going on in the market, the PI markets, um, but I tend to get more involved in getting out there, meeting with our brokers across the whole of the UK, be it face-to-face or currently, obviously, much like, like this, either over the phone or um, uh, on screen. But soon, hopefully, for all of us, um, uh, 
uh, I'll get back to normal and start seeing our brokers again. So I'm very much, my role is very much to ensure that all our brokers um, are receiving the service that they need and require from us. Um, that's for current brokers and for any new brokers that we uh, that want to speak with us as well. No, fantastic. I feel like between the two of you, the full gamut of the market is covered. So it's brilliant. And just given your expertise, I feel quite confident asking you to outline the current state of the PII market as it appears to you. I mean, are there any key standouts there for you, Pat? Um, well, I will let Nick take over in a couple of minutes. But um, at this moment in time, we we have been facing arguably the most difficult conditions in the PI market that anyone has ever faced. Um, and we are slap bang in the middle of what's known as a hard market. So as brokers will know what that means. Um, and in the PI sector, it's been this difficult now for the best part of two and a half years and, and a little bit more actually. Um, so it's incredibly tough. We're seeing and have seen rate increases. We've seen cover restrictions being applied across various professions um, and it's be become a real challenge for all of us but that's part and parcel as, uh, as to why we're here as insurance brokers to try and help our clients and in our case our clients being uh, insurance brokers across the UK help them place the PI for their their own clients which is quite a challenge. Would you have anything that you would uh, care to add to that uh, Nick? Well, I mean, the only thing I would say is that um, when we had individual names and the market, the Richard Rogers building, the the uh, the coffee percolator, the, the names um, ballooned from the 58 building to somewhere in the region of about 23, 24,000 individual names, and and then we then the central fund um, started to. Um, we looked at very closely by then DTI and Lloyds was always given a license, an annual license to carry on to the next year. Anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm fast forwarding, you know, corporate capital, uh, everyone said corporate capital is the savior to the market. Um, and uh, corporate capital is, is, is very demanding and it's institutional and share institutional shareholders require a return on their investment. And for too long, um, that didn't happen. And, and, and 16, 17 and 18 were the terrible years in Lloyd's, the most recent terrible years. Uh, I, think so, I think 16 and 17, the market, the market, not the PI market, but the, the insurance market in Lloyd's lost its institutional investors £3.2 billion. Pounds. Now, no business can continue like that um, unless you have a direct line with the almighty. And so, you know, when you know when things were looking uh, when things were looking very very um, bad within Lloyd's, uh, Mr. Hancock was commissioned to um, take a root branch review of the market: what was making money, what wasn't making money. And it didn't come as any surprise to Pat and myself that the UK PI market was in the bottom three of the worst performing sectors, and that was along with two others, obviously, which was aviation and marine cargo. And so, what we knew. As, a, as brokers was happening and then Lloyd sort of woke up and, and smelt the coffee that's not a pun um, and um, and uh, you know we we knew what was going to happen uh, what we didn't know is 
what how long this market was going to stay hard and covid19 has certainly not helped it at all in fact it's probably made things worse than it would have been um, had we been just trading through the normal cycle and so there's no fresh no fresh capital um that well, i'm aware of at the moment and that's what we need to ease the market up and it's very as pat says i agree entirely with what Alison, this is the the toughest hard market i've ever seen in over 30 years interesting you both touched on how tough this market is and usually when you get upheaval in a market like this it's the result of an instant or a series of instants and i just wondered if you could detail any key events that have occurred that have led to the change state of the market maybe starting with you there nick well there's no one particular uh, cause um that has made the effect you know if we if we rewind to um the problems in the uh, in the construction market and um, the tragedy at Grenfell, the human tragedy at Grenfell, and that set out ripples across the construction industry. Um, you know, the market initially thought about building contractors and cladding risks, but that has spilled out to all the other professions within the construction sector: architects, engineers. Um, building service engineers, chartered surveyors. Um, it, it's it's touched every single profession at a time when the market was, at the time, the market was probably um, as soft as it has, had ever been. And then we had the uh, uh, student accommodation fire in October, November 19. Um, and that was luckily, um, by God's grace, no one was injured. Uh, but the students had to be rehoused and relocated. And, um, you know, even recently, you know, the, the, the fire at London Bridge, you know, um, they say it was an elephant cast, but it was actually on London Bridge uh, on the train track. So, you know, these are, sort of, these are the sort of things that, um, that have, uh, have not helped um, at all. And then you have Brexit. I mean, the construction industry or the property market, you know, we had so much uncertainty for years it felt like decades but years as to how the the residential property market might collapse and how wrong were we there because you know since covid the residential properties risen in price which got me wrong i, I got that completely wrong um the um the, the the magnifying glass is looking at the commercial sector and how that survives um the pandemic so you know i'd like to say that there are one or two reasons for the problem the problems we have um, there aren't. I could I could rabble on for another fifteen minutes talking about other things, and uh, uh, it touches tax, touches also um, our, our regulators change to uh, the Ombudsman Award Scheme, um, pushing the the award scheme limit up to three hundred and sixty thousand pounds, where probably twenty years ago it started at twenty five thousand. This is a um, uh, access to um, quasi-legal proceedings to bring a claim against um, uh, either insurance brokers or financial advisors um, up to £360,000 post the 1st of April, I think, 2019. So, you know, again, you know, not rambling on. There are lots and lots of reasons why we're in this tough market. Um, it will change because what goes up comes down, but it's just a matter of um, waiting and, um, and, and negotiating with insurers to get the best deal that we possibly can. Um, for our broker clients and their clients at the moment in time. 
No, thank you for that. It's interesting the way you describe it. It sounds a bit like a series. It certainly does. It sounds like a bit of a series of unfortunate events. There's no doubt about that. And mm -hmm. just for yourself, Pat, are there any particular areas yeah, that I, Nick touched I, on? Yeah, just just to add to to what Nick was saying there, um, what uh, happened with the markets turning in the way it has done was that suddenly we realised that there were people in their mid-early 30s who have worked in the insurance industry for many years and carving out some you know, great careers who had never experienced a hard market in their, their working life. So it's fair to say that most, if not all of us, were not prepared for this. No one expected it to happen so quickly as it did. Um, and the biggest challenge, or one of the biggest challenges of all, have been managing people's expectations because we have seen premiums doubling, tripling, quadrupling all over the place across all the various professions. And for our brokers and ourselves to try and prepare people for huge increases in premiums is a challenge. Um, and it's difficult, and especially when some of the people that I mentioned have been in insurance for 15, 16 years, have never experienced this. It takes some doing, I must say. So um, that, to me, has been uh, one of the most difficult things. Over the course of the last two and a half years, most brokers have understood it and realised that um, these are the sort of things that you have to manage as, as an insurance broker. It's easy one year to be talking to somebody and saying, sorry, not one year, but every other year, um, your premium is reduced this year at your next renewal, which is good news. Well, now we're trying to manage people's expectations with huge increases in premiums and just as importantly, um, some reductions in cover as well, which has caused some issues. Uh, so for you, Nick, are there any other key challenges that you're seeing impacting insurance brokers at this time? Well, the insurance brokers market um, post um, lockdown one in March of 2020 has seen a, 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 a real contraction and 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 that isn't that isn't mainly to do with the COVID-19 although to be fair that was the concern at the outset of the pandemic but I think that insurers are genuinely concerned about um, um, employees of insurance brokers um, slips and trips where, for instance, uh, uh, they're working from home, there's not enough peer um, peer checking, and you know, one out of ten, or one out of twenty, one out of thirty employees um, is struggling with um, mental health issues, and, and and with that comes errors. And I think that we will see, uh, and I hope I'm wrong. I think we will see over the next um, two to three years um, uh, claims made against insurance brokers where uh, they hadn't done something. And I think that's, um, I don't think many of our our partner brokers disagree with us because it is very difficult to um, remotely uh, run a business. Um, and, uh, and from time to time we struggle. I don't think any insurance broker can say that they're completely in control of their business as they were when they were all working in the office accountable uh, to managers and um, and staff being in the office, being seen, 
um, asking questions, um, you know, training, um, on, ongoing training, week in, week out, month in, month out. So, you know, these have been, this last 18, 19 months, I think it's been particularly difficult for insurance brokers. And I hope I'm wrong, but I think this market is going to be pretty tough for insurance brokers over the next two to three years. Um, so, um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, but we are monitoring trends, claim trends, um, on a monthly basis. And they and the circumstance, number of circumstances and claims is on the increase. No, that's a really excellent point. And it's obviously a very challenging time for brokers. They're facing a, a lot of different issues arising at the same time. And I just wondered if you had any tips or any solutions that you think are available to brokers to, to offset what's coming down the line. If you allow me to answer that first, that's okay. Um, I think um, from insurance brokers, of, in respect of insurance brokers and, and any tips to give them uh, with regard to any of their clients and their PI requirements, um, I know you, I know it's it's easy to say this and it sounds like a very simple thing, but it's all about communication for me. Um, and in my eyes, if any broker has... Uh, a client whose PI renewal is due at some point soon, or even if it isn't, if it's due in the, the, the policy year, that they pick the phone up and speak to people. I think one thing that has come out of working remotely, um, in some respects, that's almost been forced upon people, actually, to pick the phone up and talk to brokers. And and we've seen, I've never heard of Teams and Zoom before in my life, and suddenly I'm a, a well, I think I'm a little bit of a specialist on, on on Teams meetings and Zoom meetings, setting them up. So I think there's some good that's come out of this. But I, I would certainly say to brokers, um, especially when they have someone like ourselves involved, a Lloyd's wholesale broker, is to pick the phone up and, and talk to people, which then enables them to manage their clients' expectations uh, moving forward uh, in, in this difficult market. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And how about yourself, Nick? Do you have any key words of advice for for your broker partners? I've just got back from um, Jersey and Guernsey, having spent five days on business last week and the, the Friday before. And, and I met with many of the existing clients um, to make an effort to explain what we're talking about today to those clients. And um, it went down very well. I don't think I would have been able to find out what I found out about their risk profile by having a virtual meeting with them. Um, as you can, you know, as you can tell today, I mean, it's off, on, off, on. No one knows when to start, when no one knows really when to stop. But when you have a face-to-face, good old-fashioned hour and a half meeting with a client, you can cover so many different points, and it's so much more interactive. And so, when we get back to uh, some form of normality over in, in, not without sort of being condescending but to keep it very simple that what happens to the price of hay and so we have a drought in pi as simple as that we've had no fresh capacity for the best part of three years and that's what we desperately need but the the, the this will only turn when the the numbers the, the number crunchers the actuaries do their work and see that rates out are a level that is providing a good return to institutional investors. And when that happens, I'm hoping that we'll have an easing of the market and a new capacity coming in. Uh, it must have felt absolutely fantastic getting to go out and have those conversations with your broker partners and that face-to-face interaction again, Nick. 
Yes, it was. It was very refreshing. Um, and um, I, I think everybody um, uh, thought the, the hour and a half um, meetings that we had uh, were very useful. And um, it's all about communication, communicating the things that matter and understanding and learning about uh, clients face to face. So, yes, you're dead right. It was very enjoyable. Hard work, but enjoyable. Fantastic. And how about you, Pat? Any plans to get back in the saddle and start speaking face-to-face with your partners again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nick's beaten me to it. Um, I'm I'm meeting with my first broker that we deal with uh, face-to-face tomorrow, uh, which will seem quite strange because it's almost a year and a half since I actually met with any of our brokers face-to-face. But as we look like we're heading back to some form of normality, Yep, I'm going to get out and about meeting with all our brokers. And I know for a fact, speaking with so many of them, that many of them have already started to return to their offices, which is a really positive sign. I'd probably estimate about 60 70% have returned to their offices already in um, one way or, or, or another. Um, and in turn, they themselves are meeting with their own clients face-to-face or more so nowadays. So the, the signs are positive. I'm quite excited about it. Um, and the intention from my point of view and for us as a company is that we get out, out and about meeting with our brokers again. And in light of the current market conditions, uh, which has been extremely difficult to, to deal with working rem- remotely, um, it's so much better to meet with somebody face-to-face and, and talk through all the issues um, and help them move forward in, in trying to look after their, their own clients and their prospective clients as well. Absolutely, and I bet they're looking forward to it as well. It's certainly been far too long since it's been face-to-face meetings and getting to just go up and talk to people in the middle of London and just enjoy the small things that I don't think we knew we were going to miss until they went away. Yeah, no, you're right, and it's not just in London. It's, it's anywhere across the UK. Um and I think every broker I've spoken to about the power of face-to-face meetings have said um, they miss them and, and they, they're desperate to get back out there meeting with their clients and at the same time meeting with um, the various wholesale brokers and uh, insurers that support them. So the sooner the better as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and uh, things are you know, hopefully looking more positive in that respect for all of us. Um, and let's hope that is the case all round. Definitely. And it is a very complex topic that you guys are dealing with. And there's certainly no doubt that brokers are really looking for support and advice at the moment. So for brokers listening to you who want to to learn more and to get in touch with you, can you tell the can you tell me the best way for them to get in contact with you? Maybe starting with you, Uh, Nick. The best way for brokers to to get in touch with us, uh, I've I've probably mentioned it earlier on, was really uh, picking the phone up and um, I'm happy and anyone within MGB are more than happy to speak with anybody at any time. Um, Contact details can be uh, found on our website. Um, But like I say, it it wouldn't take long for somebody to find out uh, my number and email address and so forth and to contact me. And we, we will be happy to speak with them at any time, as I say. Fantastic. And and thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us here today and and for all your time and expertise. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. 
And for everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And I look forward to having you back with us next time here on IBUK Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBUK Talk. For more from Nick and Pat and the experts at MGB, visit them at mgbib.com. That's mgbib.com for more. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.